Hello, and welcome to the Arts Mean Business, a podcast showcasing artists and resources worth replicating. Come for the positive reaffirming stories of artists succeeding in selling their art. And you may just leave with tools and inspiration to turn your hobby or passion into a successful business. I'm your host, Cole Prisabella, Director of Innovation and Business Assistance here in the County of Tuolumne. And I'm joined today by my co-host, Lori Livingston, Executive Director, Tuolumne County Arts. Lori, how's it going today? Today's pretty good. And I just want to remind everybody that the month of April is Arts, Culture, and Creativity Month in the state of California. The campaign is led by Californians for the Arts. This organization is dedicated to connecting, to advocacy, and advancing the arts across the state. In celebration of this, Visit Tuolumne, Tuolumne County's Visitors Bureau, has designated April 10th through the 18th this year as Tuolumne County Art Week. We hope you find some inspiration and information about the different kinds of arts-based businesses and the artist entrepreneurs in this series of podcasts during this week. So without further delay, I would like to introduce Zach Calbert of Utilitarian Design and Wild and Scenic Apparel. Hi, Zach. Hey there. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business? Yeah. So I grew up here in Sonora and had always had a passion for drawing and creating art. So when it came time to become an adult human, uh, I had to get a job. And so that became graphic design. I went to college, got a degree from Long Beach State, came on back and I was freelancing and then went into work for UV Skins doing their design and production. Uh, from there, I opened a gallery with some friends called the Greater Good Gallery, where we focused more on fine art and creating pop art here in town. I then went to work for a print shop and had since taken that over and turned that back into my own company from Foothill Business Cards to Utilitarian Design. And here we are today, still doing utilitarian design. So just a fun antidote, uh, I first came to town during the greater good stage. And so it's been so fun to see where you started with greater good and that kind of idea of the business you're wanting and then transitioning all the way to utilitarian design. So just personally, uh, I've been watching and I always find it really interesting what you're doing and kind of, I look at you as kind of a, an inspiration. So I, thank you for kind of traversing Tuolumne County and showing me the way. Oops. I have a little anecdote for that. I arrived about, oh, maybe nine, 10 years ago. And I didn't know where I was going to move. So I, I, I came to Sonora and there was this like pop-up and it was like so interesting. And there was a girl behind the desk that had pink hair. There was all of these really cool, I guess they were like Pac-Man sort of paintings and art and all that. And I went, I think I could live in this town. I th- really think I, I could live here. And I think that was all about you, Zach, and your group. Absolutely. So I think greater good part two, that should happen. Well, I mean, we all still work together and we do put on events every once in a while. We went away from having a gallery space. Uh, mainly just I got married and needed to make more money. Yeah. And so went further into the commercial art and the printmaking. Um, but we try to do spring break everything every 
April, uh, which is more of a music and gathering of people. And uh, we try to all come back together to help on the Handmade Parade and other projects like that. But we've kind of went away from having that brick and mortar and then trying to really go more out into the community and do events in the public uh, so you can't not see us. Yeah, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that kind of energy that that really gets us all together and going and just the idea that there are artists, business people that create community events like that. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's good for our community. It's good for our town. Yeah, it feels very necessary to have a presence and and be in the community and show your art to people and talk about it with people. And that really has kind of been the hardest thing about 2020 and not having the ability to be out in public and to share your stuff with everyone. And then really trying to focus on like for us having a web store or having other, you know, put out films and, and clips online through social media and stuff like that. But it really just isn't the same as actually integrating with your neighbors and the actual people around you who don't always have a choice as to whether or not they're integrating and, and being around you. Uh, online, you really have a decision as to whether or not you choose to look at something. And it's always fun to take that choice away from people and make them look at you or hear you uh, whenever you can. So how did you do that? So like, for someone that's new to social media or online and trying to get people to look at your stuff, how did you convince people to look at it? Um, I mean, a lot of that, because we did already have the brick and mortar, we kind of had our group and people were already coming and looking and then it's up to them to share and up to, up to us to continue to put out that content and do the most appropriate hashtags and, and try to widen that net through incorporating other artists and other people who aren't just in your small group. So that way your chain of collaborations can keep on picking up more views and more speed as you go as opposed to scaling back and trying to focus too much on what you're doing. It's always nice to reach out and push that, push that uh, hand forward to others and, and keep on growing that way. So I, I have a question for you, Zach. So after all this, after you spoke, it, it occurred to me that, that during this time you had to stay productive and stay sane and I know that you're also a musician and that too has been difficult. So can you talk a little bit about that for a moment? Can you speak about missing the community and the sense of purpose that live music generates for you and other artists? Yeah, because we did go to that event-based um, system, so much of it depended on creating these atmospheres and creating these events everyday events that people can just stroll in off the street and come to and be a part of. And it really makes your week worthwhile in my mind. Uh, we have band practice every Wednesday night. So after this, I got band practice. And so much of that has been actually my emotional involvement and my creative force along with the rest of the band, more so than the visual art I make these days. Um, so with music, especially with uh, my band Wet Meadow, a lot of what we do is more of a performance art. Uh, we're not finely tuned musicians, we'll say. Uh, and so we, we bring projections, we bring fog machines, we bring costumes. We just try to bring as much excitement and entertainment 
to a scene as possible. And when that was all taken away, it really kind of makes getting through a week that much harder, getting through a month that much harder, trying to stay active and energetic became difficult because you we, know, we didn't have a show to look forward to. We didn't have weekends to plan on. We're not generating posters and we're not keeping our noise going and, and making everyone else excited about it. And so that was kind of the biggest, you know, stumble or, or stutter that we've had. And we're looking forward now to picking that pace back up as things begin to open up more and really get shows going again and try to get people excited about cruising around town and you can stay as safe distances and do all that good stuff, but it's still really good to just be with your community and not just at home and quarantined. Do you think as a musician that people are going to be so excited that the pandemic is slowing down and being out that you won't have to push as much? Or do you have an idea of how you're going to market and get people to show up to events and uh, kind of music? It is a tricky thing because you know, a lot of us are personally worried about our health and our family's health. So uh, there's there were some shows last weekend, I believe. And, you know, I wasn't eager to go swimming through a crowd of 100 people that I didn't know. So I, I stayed at home. Uh, so we haven't quite figured that out yet. Our biggest plan is just to reorganize ourselves, restructure what we want our shows to be, get that practice down. And then as soon as things start opening up, just making those plans, telling those people, I know people will come out. That won't be the difficult portion. When things got shut down, there was almost so many events that you could pick and choose which ones you went to. Nowadays, that's not the case. So people will go out to most of them right away, but then we also don't want to make it overbearing and dangerous or, or unsafe to be at. So starting slow and small will be good for us. Yeah, I I totally understand that. But I also, I don't know whether it's just wishful thinking on my part, but I just feel a certain sort of building of anticipation. And I also have a lot of hopes in terms of where the arts are going to be situated in terms of this new opening up and these, you know, it's not just hopefulness. It There's a reality there because there, there's actually money out there that's going to come our way that we have to advocate for so that the arts can be part of this opening up. So I'm feeling this quickening, and is it just in my head, or, or does, do, do you guys feel that too? Do your, do your friends, your acquaintances, the people you work with, are, are, they, feeling, are they feeling it? Uh, yeah, it's, the warmer it gets, the harder it is to be quarantined, much like last year was. And we are all very excited to, to get it going uh, to the point where we've thought about just pulling permits for every weekend in the park as soon as they're allowing that stuff and just forcing setups and forcing things and having it be outside and not advertising, just being there and being in the downtown. And so as crowds start to pick up, again, you can't help but be a part of it anymore. So it's kind of like public art and it's like a mural or a statue but just having more of that street music going on in a planned manner and then having our merch booths out there and having things for sale uh, and then pushing people towards our website where they could then, of course, even buy more stuff and, and follow us more and look back on our catalog and the, everything everyone's missed over the last year. We still put out three selections of music last year. No one really knows about it. They're live online. People could download them. 
but like most of our fans and most people in Tuolumne County who aren't huge social media people, you know, they just miss us and just think, oh, well, they're not a band anymore. But it's like, no, there's just not venues to play at. So no, we can't, we can't play for you. So everyone is looking forward to those starting. We do get a lot of questions as we do see more people lately and do get more emails. And so people are wanting it and it'd be great if we could just get it in downtown, get the farmer's markets going again and, and, and have a presence at those gatherings and those community events. So we, we have something planned for the uh, Art Week that is April 10th through the 18th. So those two weekends, Tuolumne County Arts is going to try to commandeer the park. There's going to be two or three or however many artists are going to be there in the park and we're going to be decorating some chairs that were donated to us through um, a rail town. So thank rail town very much for that. And it seems to be garnering some excitement. We've got all, all summer to decorate them, but we're going to start off and open up that idea to the community, to the artist community. We don't have a whole lot of chairs and they're going fast, but we're going to, we're going to show them off and we're going to show how we do our work. So I am inviting you to join us in taking over the park for those two weekends, if you care to. And we will be socially distanced and we'll be careful and we're going to put up cones everywhere. We can put up cones. But hey, from what I understand, the park is first come, first serve. So I invite you to join us. Well, be careful what you wish for, because we can show up and we can make a lot of entertainment. So Zach, I want to start turning this conversation towards utilitarian design. And, and, And one of the things that I'd love to hear your thoughts on is I remember when I owned a marketing business, there's this push and pull between you artistically creative on what you want to create and what the client thinks they want to create, right? And so one of the things that I've always been so impressed by is the confidence you instill for the clients to trust for you to make your art, right? Like, I I don't know how many times I've been so impressed with the art that you create through letter pressing or some of the letter blocks, or I I don't even know how it's called, but um, there's... And it's not all digital, right? I think that's my point, is that you still have this ability to convince clients that there is other types of art. So I wonder, can you kind of just, if another artist is struggling with that conversation with a potential client, how how do you structure helping a client understand that your art is also worthwhile and a a worthwhile um, part of their marketing? Well, a lot of people, so taking over Foothill Business Cards as I did, I immediately had a base of local businesses that I was working with. They already had their art and they already had their visions and their plans and things that had been in place for, you know, 10, 20 years or so. So when I came along, I was able to meet their requirements and their needs for their existing marketing and branding direction. But, you know, as time moves forward, the classics get old. And so you have to be able to tell someone, it's like, well, Yeah, you got all the 60 year old people covered that you've had covered for the last 20 years. But now what about the 20 year old, the 40 year old people that you don't connect with very well and you don't communicate with? Like, how are you going to try to capture those as your clients? And a lot of the times they don't have the answer. So then it's up to us as artists to provide the answer of what we feel is the fresh new take of their version of doing business and their version of marketing. 
So, you know, working with transit, which is something you did and, and have given to me to be able to do, it's one of those things where it's, yeah, everyone has a pre-existing direction they want to go. And then it's just like, okay, well, wouldn't it be fun if we tried it this way for a while? And the key is really to sell them on what they're going to get out of it. And what I try to push is just reaching that broader audience or a more targeted audience that they may be missing out of. So if they have a pre-existing campaign and look that covers a good age range from 30 to 60, we'll say, I was like, well, are high schoolers able to use your service? Should we tell them? How, we can't tell them the same way we're going to tell a 55-year-old career-based person. We got to go ahead and create another leg of marketing that can appeal to high schoolers or, or whichever demographic you wish. But, you know, that's usually where I'm coming in is trying to really bring in the younger demographic and, and catch them up to speed with the company's current marketing. Just trying to do it in a fresh, fun way. And that's the fun thing about being an artist is people are generally looking to you for that answer. And if they don't, well, if they aren't looking to you for it, then they're probably not asking. So then you got to work harder on presenting that through your own work. And I usually come up with an issue where most of the work I've created is someone else's work. It is their branding. So you really got to take the time to make those special pieces that you can use as your advertising to get them to change their mind and go with your style. And then the other component of your business that I've always been impressed with, when I was doing my marketing company again, I was the type of person that just took everything, right? Every single client, they walked through the door, we're gonna try to figure it out. And that always created so many issues for me of um, competing ideas, just couldn't get products done, it might not have been the right product. And and one thing that I've always been so impressed with utilitarian design and your, your style of business ownership is you know who your clients are and you build your book for those types of clients that are going to figure out how to work with you and have similar ideas and kind of have it a, a final agenda that works within your, your framework. So how, how did you get to that point where you're building a business that works within your art? A lot of it started just from like you were saying, like time constraints and let's say initially I thought $300 was like a pretty good chunk of money to try to get from a client to produce something for them. But then if you take on 20 jobs at $300, it's almost impossible to finish all of those jobs on a timely budget. And so all of a sudden that $300 amount was almost like a trap. It was like, Oh wait, now I can't do enough good work. I just have to do a bunch of work. And then so that, again, takes the fun out of it. It takes my views out of it because now I got to just go faster. So it came a point where I really had to sit down and look at my schedule and look at how I wanted to live every single day of my life. And, you know, it, doing as much work as possible isn't why I'm an artist. That's not exciting. That's not encouraging. It's really about doing the type of work. And so... Like luckily recently I got a, a branding package for a beer company called Faction Brewing out of Alameda. And those guys have 40 beer labels they need this year. So knowing that concept, once I got in front of these people, it was like, okay, well, that's enough work to cover me for a couple of months. So then everything else coming in, it's really about focusing the best product for them and putting the right price to that and not just 
trying to get that $300 price in there that you know is attractive enough for almost anyone to say yes to. So that's really what it came down to is not having enough time to do all the work and then just having to price myself accordingly so that every hour I was spending, I was, I was getting the most out of it. And then the clients were also getting the best work out of it as well. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I think that's something that just in my work, even not as an artist right now, but as a business assistance director, it's it's prevalent. It's important to understand what the priorities are and where you're going to spend your time and work. And so I'm glad that you have that understanding for your business and kind of shared that story. So, Zach, is that all sort of like you, you learned that on the ground? Did you take, I don't know, marketing classes, you know, learn about spreadsheets, or did you really learn by doing? I mean, a lot of it was just learning by doing, um, you know, there's plenty of webinars and whatnot that I've started watching YouTube videos on suggestions for how to, how to do that. But most of it just came down to being stressed out at the end of the day and feeling like you haven't accomplished enough. It's like, well, maybe I in took 15 jobs today, but I didn't produce anything. And so once I realized I was intaking things at a quicker rate than I could produce them, I had to, I just had to make the decision. Well, do I want to be up all night working or do I want to be able to enjoy my family and enjoy Tuolumne County and go on more walks and be outside more? Because so much of what I do is sitting in front of a computer in a concrete room, which is not like an exciting way to be an artist. So you got to get out into the public and you got to, get out into nature and get those inspirations and just do whatever you can to keep yourself excited about going back into work and like creating hopefully very intense and very interesting imagery for people to use to help them grow their business. Thank you so much. We just have really appreciated. I personally appreciate it to just hear artist business persons, business people's stories, how they, how they keep saying, how they've shaped their business, what they've learned, what they've come to, what they've utilized. And, and also, I, I really want the, the people that are listening to this to understand, and you certainly exemplify it, that many of the people that we're talking to in this series are part of the community. They enhance the community. They live in this community and they they add to it. They add to the vibrancy of our lives in Tuolumne County. So I, I really appreciate that and I want that to really get out. So this has been really great. And I just I just want to know anything else you want to add at all? I think there's one thing that we didn't get into, which was the transformation of business over the last year. And I had really recently taken most of my print clients and done my best to turn them to web-based marketing clients and video-based marketing clients, um, mainly trying to fill Cole's shoes. When Cole left certain clients, I had to work together with other artists, with cinematographers and music makers, and help pull my clients' visions together for things that we used to maybe just try to put onto a postcard or a poster. And without that type of distribution into the community that we had pre-quarantine, we had to get it onto the web and we had to get it in front of them in a new way. So that was something that 2020 did teach me was to continue to evolve and continue to 
push my skills and what I can provide and my style of providing things to all the other forms of media out there to, again, just help other people with their business and help them speak with their clients and their community. So that was a pretty big thing that 2020 offered me where I did lose business, but it gave me the time that I had to use to learn a lot more and push my own skills as hard as I can with that free time. So I'm happy to have been able to do that for our community and myself. And now I look forward to pushing that throughout the rest of this year. So um, thanks so much for that. It's so illuminating. Is, is, there, uh, is there a place that people can contact you, Zach? Yeah, my website is utltrn.com, which is the hard way to spell utilitarian. And the best way to reach out to me is by email, which is Zach, Z-A-C, at utltrn.com. We also have Instagram. We also have Facebook. I also have a phone. But I really like emails the best. All right, Zach, I, I really appreciate that last story. That Because I had that conversation so many times throughout 2020 with businesses of just, oh, you, oh S-H-I-T, what am I about to do? How, what, how am I going to even kind of transition in this world that we're dealing with. I can't even open my doors. What am I going to do? So it's really, I thank you. I know there's been a lot of businesses that you and I have touched that have been so appreciative of kind of you helping them. So thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you for being an artist in Tuolumne County. I, I appreciate you. And I, I like watching what you guys are up to. You guys are always up to something cool. So uh, thank you again, Zach. Thank you, Lori. I also wanted to thank all of you who joined in and listened today. My hope is by talking about art and business, we can strengthen our local economy, become more resilient, and encourage growth in ourselves, our communities, and businesses. So thank you, and I look forward to you all listening next week.